Welcome everybody to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and all that goes into making that a reality in your company and for your customers. Today, I'm really thrilled to have Adam Kipnis, who is an executive coach and a strategic consultant to his clients. Adam, welcome. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, and um, he's got a, a really great uh, podcast for entrepreneurs that I'd like to make sure that, um, that, that you promote, and I don't want to have people wait till the end. So why don't you tell people how to get a hold of you and your podcast and, and everything right up front as well. Thank you. The podcast is called The Entrepreneur's MBA Lessons You Can't Learn in School. And on it, I have interviews with successful entrepreneurs, their journey to the success and the ups and downs along the way. It's a great conversation, great way to learn how others became successful that you really just can't read in a book or, or learn in an educational setting. So uh, it's a lot of fun, really, really interesting. Uh, so that's one great place. Also on social media, I'm at Adam Kipnis everywhere, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, just type in Adam Kipnis and that'll get you there. My website is coachwithak, email adam at coachwithak.com. So love to, love to connect with all of you and, and help you in any way I can. That's great. And there are a couple entrepreneurs on, on our, um, in our listener base and I can't recommend to them to, to go to your podcast and, and to kind of connect with you because uh, that podcast is vignettes on different ways to succeed and, and you always get a neat new perspective and, and I appreciate that. And then when they engage with you, tell, tell us what your, your coaching and your consulting generally consists of. My, my, my core, the core tenet of most of what I do is strategic planning based. I believe that the, the old adage that if you don't plan, if you, if you fail to plan, you, you plan to fail. Yep. If we know where we are and we're upfront with ourselves, truthful to ourselves of where we are today, and we get really clear on where we want to go, my job is to create and facilitate a step-by-step -step plan to get from here to there. And one of the biggest things that, that I find with, a, with my clients is, is the here, right? We don't always know where we are until somebody sort of pulls it out of us or looks at it with a different lens. And if we start from the wrong place, how do we know when we're getting to the right place? Yogi yeah. Berra says, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up someplace else. And that's a really important part of business. I want you to end up where you want to go. And it's my job to facilitate that process and help make sure it's a reality. Yeah, you know, I, I do the same thing. I have the same experience that a lot of people don't genuinely understand their current position and what, where they are now. And if you don't understand where you are now and what you're good at now, um, you're not going to choose a where you want to go very well. I, 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 th I think that's true about everything. Yeah. Right? If, if, if we're trying to lose weight and we think we have a good diet, are we going to take the drastic changes necessary? If we admit to ourselves, our diet's not good at all, we're more likely to make drastic change and drastic change in your business and mine are the key to success. Absolutely. And that's where I like to make sure my clients start from a starting point that's reality. Sometimes it's painful, but reality is real. Let's start there and let's move forward. That's the yeah. goal. 
Yeah. So for people who are listening to this uh, into the future, um, we're recording this in the middle of July. So we're kind of uh, in a COVID resurgence, people thinking about uh, sh shutting uh, states down and sh shutting states and cities down again. So that's kind of the context uh, when Adam and I are talking, that's kind of what's going on when we're talking. And I've experienced through, you know, from March through here in July, a lot of frustration on the part of clients, a lot of desperation, and a lot of just being plain lost. And um, tell us what you're experiencing with your, your clients. Well, I, I think, yes, March and April were all hands on deck. Let's, let's keep the business afloat. What can we do? What are our options? Many of my clients happen to be in service-based businesses, so they moved from an office to a house, but now they've got employees in different places. Business took a big-time backseat to staying in business. As we transitioned into late May and June, things began to normalize. I think more people felt a little bit better and got back to, to running the business and doing what they did. But what was lost in that is if we can't see the next week or the next month and every day we get different, different statements on, on where the world is, how do we think about the future? How do we make business decisions today that we know are going to affect the future when we don't know what the future holds? So I think there's a lot of sameness and stuckness in a lot of the people I'm talking to because they don't know what to do, so they just continue to do the same thing. Wow, yeah, that's, that's really tough. And uh, thank goodness people have been shooken, shaken into the uh, reality that you've got to have your teams work virtually, and there's, there's a different cadence to that. Uh, so it's easy to see parts of what's different, but not easy to see the rest of what's different. Or it's even, and it's even harder to see what you got to do about that. Right. Well, if we don't know what's coming, how do we think about it? How do we plan for it? If we plan for something and this lasts longer than we anticipated, right? How does that change the plan? Or on the positive side, and this is what we're all hoping for, if we make a plan thinking that the next 90 to 120 days are going to be more of the same working from home, a little bit slower on the business development, we have to hustle a little bit more, we have to solve problems fast because our clients' problems come fast. What if it's only 30 days? I didn't, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but what if it is? And we're planning on 120. Are we, gonna, are we gonna get lost or is the competition gonna beat us to the punch? How do we think about it? So it's really important right now to be flexible, to be adaptable to what might change. And the question comes up, how do you, how do you plan for that? Yeah, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, before this podcast, that there's this interesting duality that you still have to have a long-term vision of where you want to take the company, but the planning horizon has really shortened, you know, instead of a one-year plan or a five-year plan, man, we've, let's just make a 30-day plan or a 90-day plan because we know that any plan with a horizon much longer than that is... Uh, and exercise in futility. Well, the unfortunate part about it is it can, 
maybe as the business owner at, or in a corporate world as the head of your department, maybe it doesn't set you back because you still need to plan for the long term. But your employees, how do you translate the information to them? They've got a whole different set of things to think about. They're working from home. Their kids are at home. We have no idea what's going to go on with schools. We, you know, we might go back to school here in Arizona in 30, 30 days, but no one really knows. They've got all these other things to deal with. So how do we as consultants and you as business owners and executives stick to the business plan and make sure the long term is taken care of, but help your employees get through the next 30, 60, 90 days so they can do their best work for the business. It also allows faster pivots because if something changes, like we pivoted to Zoom in a hurry, what's the next Zoom that we might have to pivot to in our business and how are we going to be able to react to it and adapt to it? Yeah, you know, that I, that's, that's kind of your leading right into a harangue that I've been on the last two weeks and that is, there is no new normal. You thought that just as soon as you figured out how to work from home and work virtually, you'd have it licked. But we've had social unrest with, with racial tensions. And now we don't know about if the kids are going back to school and there's an election coming and whatever happens with elections. And if there's, you know, there's going to be talk about different health care, there's going to be talk about all kinds of different stuff. And I believe the new normal isn't going to be a new normal. It's going to be looking back to, you know, 2019, we knew that the only constant was change. And 2020 uh, has came along and said, here, hold my beer, right? You haven't seen, you don't know what constant change is. And so the new, I believe that the new sustainable competitive advantage for business is going to be radical flexibility, radical responsiveness around a consistent view. And, you know, the view I choose is customer perceived value because that's always what you're looking at anyway. But how you get customer value and what value you deliver, you're going to have to be develop uh, systems that make you responsive from the bottom up rather than the senior leaders down having some visibility into the world. I think you're 100% correct because the, the bottom up sees the change faster than, than the top down. If you think about any corporation, especially a large corporation, the owner of the business, the person making the plan, the person sometimes working with me to develop the plan and the strategy, by the time they hear a change in customer activity or a change in customers, um, how they're working, it's too late. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's, it's something just too that, late. Yeah. By the time they hear about it, it's, it's in the context of how are we going to explain this during next week's investor call? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Because we've lost business, they've gone somewhere else or we didn't adapt. And so the, the front lines are the folks that are going to, are going to see what are our clients doing? How are they reacting? Our technology teams, big business or small, our technology teams are going to know before us how people are adapting on their side in a technology way. So the question that I always get and, and that we had talked about is how can we make a clear plan? How can we be clear about all, what we want in the future if we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, right? It, it almost, 
it's almost easier to plan five years out than it is to plan six months out right now because, because of what we're doing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. And I wish we'd always thought like this. One of my, one of my friends once said, what if we worked every day? Like it was the day before we went on vacation. Think how much we could accomplish and how much we could get done and how different our thinking is about what's a priority the day before we go on vacation. What if we bring that into our world where every day is, you know, a, a mini plan? What's right. the best thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? What's the most likely thing that can happen? And yeah, and what's the most important thing I've got to get done today that's going to move my business forward and what can wait? What is the most important thing that can't wait and what can? And when you think about what can, can it just wait or is it really so unimportant that we can just move it off the list completely? Well, <laughs> I, I love that you said that because in, in my own world, I'm a victim of moving things on my task list from day to day and eventually deciding that it wasn't worth being on my task list in the first place. But one of the things that having a plan and why I think it's so vital and thankfully my clients think it's vital enough to want to talk to me about <laughs> it is if you don't have a plan, how do we know what the broad strategic initiatives are, right? We can have goals and goals are a big part of the plan. We want to make a million dollars this year. We want to um, have a better customer experience so we get whatever net promoter scores of X. We want to have uh, a more comprehensive employee benefit plan. Let's just use those three as an example. Well, those are, that's the plan. That's what we want to be in the year. Now, what are our strategic initiatives? What are the things that we need to do in order to hit those goals at the end? Strategic initi initiatives, research employee benefit plans. What are the best companies doing? blah, blah, blah. Look at our sales. How many more sales do we need in order to hit a million dollars? Have the best client experience. We need to talk to our employee experience. We need to talk to our employees. We need to um, put in a focus group, what have you, right? You know, we, Those, we, and we need to hire Mark Boundy to talk about our customer perceived value so that uh, we focus on that, which is the most important thing. <laughs> correct. Correct. And how do we get to that most important thing? Because if we know our goals, we know our strategic initiatives, those initiatives don't change. Yeah. The time frame might change, but the initiative doesn't. And so once we have those initiatives in place, now we can put in those day-to-day -day tactics. All right, what do we need to do in the next 30 days? What's most important? What can Mark help us identify in the next 30, 60, 90 days that we should be going after that stays aligned with our initiatives to put us on path for our goals, but our day-to-day -day may change. And I think that's the thinking that we need to look at and we need to think about differently right now than at ever, any other point in our business lives. Yep. So how much of your practice is that coaching or the, and the accountability coaching? Uh, keeping your clients on task, saying, hey, you promised this plan to yourself and it's slipping. What are we doing? How, how, much, of your, how much of your work is that accountability coach sort of work? It's definitely a fair amount. And oddly enough, it's almost more on the front end than it is on the back end. And the reason I say that is because every business owner and every department head, every corporate executive that you have are all thinking, yes, I'm glad we have a strategic plan or 
yeah, we should probably get a strategic plan because we need one. It's the getting to the point of creating it where people, they put it off. They think a thousand different ways. They're like, oh, I've, I've got it in my head or we did an annual plan in January. We're good. Well, an annual plan and a strategic plan require two different types of thinking. So it's the, the handholding and the accountability of you said you want this, let's get it done. Now, the easy part for me is when I do my planning, in a normal world, it's in two days. In this world, it's usually three to four weeks just because I can't lock people in a room for two yeah. days and bang it out. Um, and it's hard to look at Zoom that long. But normally, we sit down and we have a written plan in two days and you've got a written plan, you are ready to go. The accountability piece is if you have a plan and it says, this is what we do, this is why we're doing it, this is who we're helping, and this is why it benefits them. And everyone in your organization has a copy of that plan so they know too, it makes the accountability much easier and I get to come in and help think about it differently. All right. We've done this for three months. Here's what's changed. How do we tweak the plan? That's where I get to come in. Employees and team members help themselves stay accountable because they're all bought into the system because they all helped create it. Yeah, I, I want to just stop and make everybody on uh, listening to this, make sure you understand the difference between the plan on the shelf and the plan that's the actual plan, a, a living plan. <laughs> um, I've been in my share of companies where uh, a plan is not a plan. It's an object that sits in a three ring binder on your shelf. And I love the fact that you work with your clients to say, this is about what we're, the plan is a, is a verb, not a noun. Yes. <laughs> and the, the, <laughs> right. The, the plan the we are, you're not interested in making a plan. You're interested in using a plan to get results. And I think that's a, um, it seems like a no brainer when you describe it, but having been in a variety of different corporate cultures, it's a bigger difference than a lot of people give it credit for. And I think, it, I think it's understandable why that happens. A lot of times people build a plan and they, they, want to put everything into it and they think that it need the bigger the better right the more stuff in the plan obviously the better the plan that's the thinking and and if you go to a bank if you need to raise capital right you go spend ten thousand dollars and have somebody give you a hundred page book that you can drop at your bank or you can put in investors hands so they think that you created this um brilliant genius work of art but no one's going to follow that. That's why no one reads them. If it's more than a page, if you can't pick it up and your eyeballs go to what you need to do today and why you're doing it, then you really haven't created anything. You've, you've created a corporate retreat. Maybe you did it in a nice place and everyone had fun and you had a campfire and cocktails at the end of the day, patted yourself on the back for a job well done. And then no one looks at it until you do the next corporate retreat a year later. The plan one is a living document. We want to create it fast because we want it in your hands. You need to hit the ground running and you need to know that once you start to do things, it's not, it's never linear. You can have the greatest plan in the world, but it's not linear. One thing, a pandemic comes along and your plans blown up. So in your plan, we go best case, worst case, most likely case. 
Hopefully we get a lot of best and most likely cases and it goes relatively straight. But what if we have a really best case that could change the entire plan. You might need a whole division for your business. You might now have a whole new product line because of a best case scenario. And if you didn't plan for it, now you're flat footed again, you might miss the opportunity. That's why I like a one page plan that everyone's bought into and let's get to work. A plan that's a planning cycle. Um, credit to Matt Kessler and some other, and Mike Brown, who I worked with you know, 25 years ago. Make the plan, work the plan, review the plan, adjust the plan. Rinse, repeat. And it's fine to change the plan, but we're all gonna have the plan, we're all gonna work the plan, we're going to agree on the plan. We're going to execute the plan until we've all decided, until we decide it's time to change the plan. And the plan then is not a distant thing. The plan is your operating cadence. Where we're going now. Today, where are we going? Is it still good? Good. All right. Here's, we, here's the plan. Yep, um, exactly. And if you talk about value clarity, right? If you're clear on your value, that could change your business overnight. What if you're clear on your value and you're clear on where you want to go and you're clear on how you're going to do it. Those three things coming together, sounds like a, a business model you could hire us jointly. The, those three <laughs> things coming together can change your business in such a fundamental way. You will never go back to not doing it. Yeah. You know, I want to know, what my value is to my customer. And we know we both heard the story of the small yoga studio operator who had to close for COVID, but then realized that her value wasn't in person, in studio yoga sessions. It was peace of mind through yoga. And people needed that worse than ever during lockdown not less. And so she started delivering it differently, virtually, and her business was up 40%. Uh, I've got another client who's a small injection molding shop, and they had steadily lost business to offshoring over decades. And one of their big customers said in March or April said, we're shipping all of our tools out of China and we're getting them to you and you're going to be building them now because we just realized that that theoretical worry about long supply chains isn't theoretical. It just about ended our business. And so that value of made in America was still there, but it, a part of it increased. Um, and then I guess the third example is Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut did not change their product at all when they started advertising contactless delivery. It was always in a 450 degree oven. You always couldn't touch it coming out of the oven because it's too hot. You always just picked it up on a paddle and put it into a cardboard box and cut it and sealed up the box. The only thing different was they bought some stickers that said contactless delivery and got gloves for their delivery drivers. And the, but their manufacturing, their production process did not change one nanozat. Um, but somebody there realized that a value that they had always had suddenly became really important to their customers. And so their plan didn't have to change, but how they executed their plan and how, what the things they emphasized in their plan uh, could change. But the guy, you know, the lady was still a yoga instructor. The guy's still an injection molding house. Pizza Hut makes the exact same products with the exact same ingredients, but 
they've pivoted because they realize how their value shifted. And so they, they probably don't feel like they shifted gears a ton. They just have taken advantage of the fact that the part of the, the river they're swimming in has changed. They're swimming in a different channel, swimming in a different lane, but to the same end result. And, and nothing fundamentally about where they're trying to go changed. They just yeah. pivoted on the tactic that they happen to be using during this current environment. And you and I talked about this before, right? I did a lot of one, three and three year plans for people because I mean, the economy was great 2017 through 2019. Things were going up. There was nothing on the horizon that was gonna change. It allowed us, right, to think about what do, what do we want to implement? How do we want to do it? Why is it beneficial to our clients? And let's put ourselves on a path to be there. None of that has changed for my clients. What's changed is what are we going to do right now? The plan is the plan. Now it happens to be a 30, 60, 90 day plan than a 90 day, one year, three year plan. Yeah. We're still going to talk about what are the threats out there? What are the opportunities? Why are they there? Why do your clients buy from you? Why should they continue to buy from you? Exactly. That's, that, that's what we need to be thinking about in this environment. And hopefully everyone takes up the, you know, the idea of the planning mantle and are like, this is an opportunity to do it because we have a little bit more time. Um, and, and we've got some capacity to do it for many, many businesses. Um, but just the idea that, hey, if I can be clear over the next 90 days, that's all we need to think about. I'm going to have a great 90 days. And if you've got great 90 day run followed by another great 90 day run, followed by another great 90 day run, think about the difference where your business will be whenever the sun comes up and we're, and we're back to normal, which is not going to be a whole lot of normal. <laughs> I don't think like you said at the beginning. That's right. So Adam, thanks again. And, and if anybody wants to kind of take you up on that offer to start thinking a, a little bit more strategically, uh, develop a plan again, how can they get a hold of you? Definitely uh, shoot me an email at adam at coachwithak.com or uh, LinkedIn or, or Instagram at Adam Kipnis across the board. Even if it's just one phone call, even if you're just a little bit stuck, we can talk, we can, Bounce some ideas. What's one pivot you can make? I wake up every day with the fundamental belief that I can change your life or business with one idea, one question, or one conversation. So if you're a little bit stuck and the planning is overwhelming, let's break it down to one question, one idea, one conversation, and let's see if we can get you moving again. Great. Adam, I love that idea. Thank you for giving our listeners that offer. And um, thanks again for your time today. And thanks everybody for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast, where customer perceived value is all in your customer's mind, which means that your success in business sits all in your customer's head. Thanks and have a valuable day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.